Welcome to another episode of Paul Thom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I'm at the Embedded World Conference, and I'm with Ross Sobolchik. He's the Vice President and GM of Analog Power and Sensors at Silicon Labs, and well, we'll just talk about what's going on. Hi, everything's, how's it going, Ross? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. Well, you know, there's all of this buzz, IoT and Internet of Things, which of course, IoT means Internet of Things, but it's almost like... There's two layers. There's the buzz and then there's the reality. Right, exactly. I mean, IoT is kind of an interesting concept because it can mean anything. Uh, people will use the phrase to to talk about anything that they want to talk about. Um, but what's interesting, I think, about the IoT is, as you said, there's the buzz and then there's the reality. And on the reality side, there's a whole wide range of technologies that are coming to play now that are enabling for the IoT. Uh, you know, we like to talk about it as uh, sense, communication, and then uh, process. So, actually, I should say, sense, process, and communicate. You sense data, you process it, and then you need to communicate it somewhere. Right. Well, no, no precision without feedback. Correct. But one of the missing pieces of that is you need to power the entire system. So the power aspect, I think, is a real critical portion of that. And what's interesting, I think, if you look at applications, they can span everything from trying to get a year's worth of battery life out of a coin cell that's in a wearable device up to trying to monitor power at a power plant or on a microgrid inverter or something like that. And well, they're all similar issues. Yes, exactly. And so, and one of the interesting things is I think there's a power thread tying through all that, but there's also now, with all the intelligence that's coming online, there's again a sense, compute, and communicate aspect to it. Which further increases the efficiencies. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the, the you could take, for example, the power grid and say that microinverters are, are creating a new source of power to feed into the grid. You have a really high efficiency power inverter there, and that would be classic efficiency. But then all of the control and communication to do load shedding or to do load balancing on that, you know, ties back into that IoT angle. Exactly. And I think that's the issue that our audience is really trying to find their path through because there's the sensor aspect, the logic aspect, the communications aspect, and then there are communication protocols involved, and there are regulatory issues involved. So there's a, a big morass out there. What kind of hand-holding do you offer your uh, customers to help them sort their way through it? So that's a great question. I think that if you look at, um, you know, if you take, for example, let's talk about Smart Grid. So Smart Grid, in my mind, was sort of uh, maybe Internet of Things 1.0. Uh, you know, a few years ago, that was almost synonymous with now all the applications that are ta- talked about for IoT. So, you know, the type of things that we'll offer is, for example, we're in Europe. And uh, for metering, one of the communication protocols that's very prevalent in Europe is something called MBUS. So this is the communication to from meter to meter and also from meter back to the utility. So we offer a whole wide range of radios along with the full stack protocol for MBUS to help our customers out. And then in addition to that, we would offer microcontrollers that they can use to um, power their system. And surprisingly, if you think of something like an electric meter, you would think that energy efficiency would be less of a concern there. You've got all the watts you could possibly want tied up to the meter, but actually most of the uh, metering guys are starting to worry about that because with better visibility into your usage with a smart meter, you don't want to see that the smart meter itself is consuming power. Well, and the other side of that though, Ross, is let's say for example I have a million subscribers 
and my devices pull three watts. Exactly. You know, um, I believe in France, if I'm not mistaken, they've got a regulation now that the meters have to pull less than two, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think that's correct. I don't know the exact number, but that um, but that theme you're talking about of energy efficiency is playing out in a lot of different places. Scale. And part of that, I think, is coming from the ability to monitor and get those results. So, for example, uh, if you if you get an LED bulb now, there are regulations that say that you have to have a very good power factor correction on a bulb. And normally you wouldn't think about power factor correction for a 10-watt type device. But when you're talking about dozens of them in your house, and now your ability to monitor that power usage, you know, it starts to become a lot more important. Exactly. Well, and, and that could be extended literally to almost any aspect of the IoT, because every single thing not only has, as you say, classic efficiencies, but then also have the system efficiencies through intelligent management. Right, correct. Um, so if you extend that sort of um, measurement aspect of it, uh, smart metering now is is uh, is uh, pretty prevalent in, in most of the world. And one of the, I think, most important things with smart metering is your ability to see your own energy usage. So, for example, I have a whole house energy monitor because I'm just a home automation nerd. And, you know, I'm monitoring my power consumption, and I see 2 a.m., uh, my power consumption spikes, and I'm using several kilowatts of power at 2 a.m. I'm thinking to myself, what could possibly be going on at 2 a.m.? So what it turns out, it was my pool pump turning on. And what's interesting about that is I had a classic one-speed pool pump, and you use about 700 watts per horsepower. So if you have a two-and-a-half-watt pump, you know, that's about two kilowatts. That's a lot. And if you switch out that pump and use a variable speed pump, you can cut your energy usage down by almost 75%. If you run this pump at half the speed, you use a quarter of the power. To get a variable speed pump, you need to build a three-phase inverter. So to build a three-phase inverter, you need a very intelligent controller, you need isolation, and you need power devices. And now that you have that, you have communication and control back to you know the user so he can variably set the speed. So it's a kind of interesting application for me because it ties in grid to MCUs to power to a classic three-phase power inverter, and all of it is tied up sort of in IoT and energy efficiency. Well, and, and the beautiful part about that, Ross, is that that pump could be in an industrial facility. I mean, the fact is, is that those issues are the same regardless of consumer, industrial, commercial, military, aerospace. You want efficiency. Right, exactly. And I think part of the way I view the energy efficiency is if you're consuming megawatts because you're an aluminum smelter or something like that, that's such a huge portion of your budget that you've been very aware of your energy usage for a long time. So, or if you're doing manufacturing, you have large motors, you have, might have, you know, kilowatt motors. So there's been a huge push in that sector, in the industrial, to bring all of these technologies to play to get more energy efficient. Now with low-cost electronics, with, with more intelligence, with the ability to communicate and control, you see a lot of those technologies moving down. So that pool pump is using technology that probably would only been available in an industrial motor, you know, 15 years ago. Now anybody can go out and get that and get those same type of advantages. Excellent. So... I hate to do this because I could talk about this stuff all day, but it is a podcast, and <laughs> unfortunately, we are running out of time. But what I always do is I let my guests have the last word in my podcast. So it could be a little bit more about what Silicon Labs is doing. Okay. It could be a little bit about the marketplace, or it could just be a tip for our audience, but the floor is yours. Okay, fantastic. So at Silicon Labs, we're, as, we're doing a whole wide range of technologies that are enabling IoT and power. So be that uh, doing extremely low standby power in a microcontroller to extend the life of a battery and a wearable device 
device up through doing isolation devices that allow you to do very efficient communication and control for hybrid electric vehicles or for motor control or solar inverters. We have a wide range of technologies. We have the software that sits behind it that would sit on top of those MCUs. We have the control interfaces and we have uh, you know, the support and, um, and team to help our customers do those designs. Excellent. Well, hey, thank you so much. Oh, website. Uh, www.scilabs.com slash power. There we go. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really glad, especially in a busy place like Embedded World. I appreciate the opportunity, Alex. Great speaking with you. Oh, the pleasure was mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to listen to us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.